Hello, I'm Rabasta Kwan, another daily slice of ELT. Today I'm going to talk a little bit about giving instructions, a very important skill that teachers need to have. And some of even very experienced and professional teachers, still we can see that they've got some problems or issues with giving instructions. So, the instruction cycle. The first thing we should do is getting the student's attention. Stand in the middle of the class where everyone can see you and avoid cutting off part of the class and avoid walking up to the students. So, and then maybe by just talking a little bit louder, you can say, hello, hi, look at me, hello guys. Simply get the student's attention. The next thing you should do is pair group or move students. If for your activity students need to be regrouped, so regroup them in a good way of walking up students if they have been sitting for an extended period of time. And generally, try to avoid moving students once you have given them instructions. So, moving students, pairing them, grouping them is always before giving instructions. So, getting students' attention, pairing and grouping students, and then you should instruct activity or the activity. Give clear instruction by using imperative language. Don't tell them that you're going to do this or you're going to write five sentences using used to. Use an imperative language. Example. Now, make a list of five important things. You see, make a list of. Write down. Brainstorm. I don't know, write three sentences. Don't say please, right? Don't say would you please. Don't say you're going to. Say do it. If you've got handouts here, or if you've got some tools, for example, a mini whiteboard, chest them so that students can see what you're talking about and you're referring to. And don't use difficult language and give very clear, easy to understand staged instruction <laughs> and so so far one two three get the students attention instruct the, get students attention parent group students and also instruct the activity don't forget check instructions uh, the worst way of simply checking instructions is okay guys did you understand this or simply okay you got it no that's not a good way that's bad people Never say no here. They might, especially children, might feel a little bit bad or stupid if they say I didn't get my. Maybe other people might think that they're not really intelligent or bright. So they wouldn't say that. So don't check instructions by simply asking a very general question. Did you understand? Ask them instruction checking questions or ICQs. I'll always say yes, no, and short answer ICQs so that students know what they're supposed to do. Example, your instruction is this. Now, make a list of five items you need to take with you if you're planning to go on a day trip. Or a day trip, for example, out of your city. So, question. How many items are you going to list? 
five items. And what are these items? Either the items that are important for you to take with you, items that you want to use them at home, and stuff like this. And then set the time limit. Okay, now you have five minutes. When you give them this time, now you can give them handouts or task sheets if they have any. And finally, when you give out the task sheets, move around, sweep and monitor students. So, giving instructions. Once again, we go over activities that we need to have. One, get students' attention. Two, group a pair of students or move them. Three, get, instruct the activity. Four, check understanding by ICQs. Five, set the time limit and hand out worksheets. And finally, sweep and monitor. Hope you have enjoyed this episode of Daily Slice of ELT. ELT Daily Slice of English. Activities that are based on higher order thinking skills are more interesting. They kind of cognitively engage students more because they require more of thinking and more of mental activity. They usually are based on open-ended cues, so students do not do not need to be worried about the wrong answer or right answer because these are ideas that they create and there's no fear of being embarrassed in front of others by making a particular or stupid mistake. Higher order thinking skills like uh, finding differences and similarities, like ordering, for example, things. Just imagine you ask them to make a list of activities that they do at the weekend and ask them to order them in the order of, uh, put them in the order of, uh, in most interesting to least interesting ones. Or but the ones based on creating ideas like brainstorming or problem solving, for example, activities. These are all activities that are based on higher order thinking skills skills. On the contrary, lower order thinking skills are activities that they have right and wrong answers. And students always have got this fear of being wrong or feeling stupid in front of others. Like man matching a certain, certain number of definitions to vocabulary items or multiple choice questions that they've got just one right answer. Or activities that require students to remember or identify certain things from a text or listening. And remember that these activities they have got right and wrong answer. And that's why they're not interesting. So, I hope this episode can help you incorporate more of activities which are based higher order thinking skills. ELT Daily Slice Today's tip is about pacing. It's very important that you change the pace of the lesson by breaking things up a little bit. Instead of simply doing one activity straight after another, allow a little time for something different. For example, a get-up activity, a gallery walk, a pronunciation work, something that can 
make things a little bit more interesting. You can also change the pace during a lesson by allowing time for a brainstorming session, for example. Or another way to liven the pace up is to put a time limit on some activities. For example, two minutes for this. Or introducing an element of uh, competition and a prize for the winner, for example. Or some kind of you know, matching activities, I don't know, something, something like matching words with pictures. So don't forget that's really important to be able to make things interesting. And one of these ways is simply through pacing. Uh, another thing that I usually do is using material or some other material during the lesson. Like, for example, a course book, for example, I might use. Or I might use, for example, some tools. For example, makeshift wool uh, board or whiteboard. Or I might use some I know, special uh, pop hits, for example, things like that. And another thing that you can do, or maybe you should not be very sensitive to, is silence. Allow silence at appropriate times during the lesson. While students are reading the questions, for example, or during speaking activities when students are formulating a response, thinking of something to say, for example, silence is needed. And silence in the classroom can be a bit unnerving at first, but it doesn't mean that you're not doing your job. Students need to time to absorb information and plan what they want to say. The lesson will become rather monotonous if it's just a case of do activity one and then activity two and then activity three. So try to do something to make the whole thing a little bit unpredictable. And the lesson will become even more monotonous if the students spend all lesson with the same partner. It's not a bad idea to ask them to change the partners over, make small groups instead, for example, or have them paired up with someone else, you know, for example, another activity. So exercises may be numbered one, two, three, but you don't need to do them actually in that order. You can simply keep your students on their toes by, for example, starting from number five and then jumping to number three and then number one, then number two. That's also a very good thing. So don't forget, pacing is important in teaching. And these were some of those ways that you can use to liven up your pace. Hope you enjoyed, stay well and happy. Hello, ELT Daily Slice. Today we've got the qualities of great or good teachers. I've collected some of this information from uh, a book written by Jeremy Harmer, it's about how to teach English. The very first thing that uh, maybe a teacher needs to have, or the first ingredient, is making lessons interesting, so that people or students do not fall asleep or zone out in their classes. It's very important for teachers to find a way, or to find a strategy, or a technique, or a tool, 
and employ exploit these things in a way to make things that they're teaching very interesting. I'm quite sure that you've had this experience or the this experience of the magic of something that you love. If you love something, your level of motivation is so high, no matter what the problems or hurdles or difficulties are. You learn it, you do it, and without any effort. Another thing is about great teachers or good teachers is that they must love their job. Look, look, I want you to think like this. How do you see a person who's doing his job because he because he has to? For example, a clerk, a bank clerk, and a bank clerk who loves his or her job. You see, the second one oozes with positive energy and vibes. And he or she gets this across to people, to the customers, to the students, to parents, you see, to even his or her colleagues. This is what we need to have as well. So, love of our job. The next quality is... Uh, maybe a good teacher should have his or her own personality and should not hide it from others or students you see this being yourself is very important as a teacher you see because we are not just a teacher you see we're not teachers we are people so this actually in a way uh, automatically comes through the lessons and if you're not really genuine in what we're doing in our attitude in our actions in class you see it comes through the lessons and people can easily find this out for example um, you must have heard this expression that they say for example miss so-so is fake noise you see that happens another quality of a great teacher is that they have a lot of knowledge not only of the subject you see um of course, it's important for the teacher to know what he's doing in terms of teaching and also the subject area he or she is teaching. But students also need something more than that, you see. And it, especially from language classes, it helps a lot to your rapport. It helps a lot um, the whole atmosphere of the class because people learn things other than language. Also, a good teacher should be a good entertainer, of course, not in, in a negative sense, in a positive one. Um, you should be able to uh, strike a very, very good balance between entertainment and teaching and learning in your class. You see, um, it shouldn't be like this that your class is so serious, I don't know, lessons one after another, too much information, a lot of actually mental workload, you see, you should be able to find a way to help students every now and then to let, let off steam. Your sense of humor can help you a lot. And also some of the jokes that you might crack or the way you simply put things in a nice and funny way, you see, that's also another thing. So another quality of a great teacher. Look, it's important that you can talk to actually students um, when they have problems and being able to uh, get down to the bottom of the problem immediately when it comes up. You see, a good teacher 
has got this sensitivity. For example, this student of mine has problem. Oh, there is a little bit of problem here. I need to share it with my students. I need to find a solution. That's very important. A lot of these students or people who come to your classes, they come with different backgrounds. A lot of variables are involved there. And it's not a bad idea to have this knowledge of being able to work with some of these students and help them solve their problems. Another quality of a good teacher is that they have this good rapport and affinity with students that teach. You see, successful teachers are those uh, people who can identify with their students, with their hopes, aspirations, difficulties, you see. And uh, this helps your, you as a teacher in your class and the whole process of learning. We learn a lot from people that we love, from people that we look up to, from people that we have very positive uh, idea about them. And also, uh, a good teacher should be very careful about the quiet students. There are some students, character-wise, they are quiet, they are intro introverts, and they really do not talk much and it happens that in groups they're easily dominated by the talkative ones. A good teacher should be able to draft or bring those quiet ones out too. And another quality of a good teacher is error treatment. The way you treat errors and the way you correct students without offending them is also very important. Explaining to students that they have made a mistake is one of the most perilous encounters in the classroom. It's not easy and it has to be done with a lot of care and tact. The teacher has to measure what is appropriate for a particular student in a particular situation. Or for example, shall I correct this, not correct this, how to correct this? These are questions that you need to talk. I'm quite sure that lots of you have gone through a training workshop on error treatment and error management, but if you haven't read about error correction and error management. And um, another quality of a good teacher, I don't know if this is the right way to put it, but a good teacher never shouts or does not shout. He helps or she helps. Uh, maybe one of, this is one of the things I really liked myself because the people who resent bad behavior most are not teachers but other students who feel their time is being wasted. So learning how to manage students and how to control boisterous classes is one of the fundamental skills of teaching, you see. So do not speak above the noise, do not shout and try to see how you can help students. And, oh my God, I, this cannot be overemphasized. And that is a teacher who knows his or her students' names. Look, that is so important. And uh, maybe one of the most important things in class man classroom management is simply being able to manage students and learning their names, being able to establish that rapport is one of those important skills that teachers need to have. So I hope you have enjoyed this episode of Daily ELT Slice. 
Stay well and happy and enjoy your day. ELT Daily Slice. Welcome to another episode of ELT Daily Slice. Today we're going to talk to- together about the roles of a teacher. Of course, I'm not going to de- describe them. In my next episodes, I'm going to pick on, uh, pick up each and every one and talk at length about it. Today I'm going to tell you a little bit about the importance of these roles and also the list of these roles. So, the roles of a teacher. Look, in classrooms, uh, depending on the activity that you're actually giving our students or maybe the stage or phase of an activity you're in, we might actually choose to play a different role. For example, in some activities, you might just decide to choose the role of a facilitator in some others, actually a different role, maybe more of a controller and so on. So, 